0: Good morning. This one is fun. Job 38, 1 through 11, the Message Bible. Now finally, God answered Job from the eye of the violent storm. And he said, why do you confuse the issue? Why do you talk without knowing what you're talking about? Pull yourself together, Job. Up on your knees, feet, stand tall. I have some questions for you and I want some straight answers. Where were you when I created the earth? Tell me, since you know so much, who decided on its side? Certainly you'll know that. Who came up with the blue pins and measurements? How was its foundation poured and who set the cornerstone while the morning stars sang in chorus, and all the angels shouted praise. And who took charge of the ocean when it gushed forth like a baby from the womb? That was me. I wrapped it in soft clouds and tucked it safely in at night. Then I made a playpen for it, a strong playpen, so it couldn't run loose. And I said, stay here, this is your place your wild tantrums are confined to this place this is the word of the lord
1: good morning again i promise uh it's a shorter sermon in light of our other friends that are here that might not want to listen to a 20-minute sermon. You're like, yeah, I'm a part of that, actually. So the blessing of the animals is a good time, right? It's a great way to kick off our season of creation. And I figured we should keep that theme of creation going with our passage today. And it's not in a place you would to find it right it's in the book of Job and I remember when I took the book of Job like the class yes a whole class on the book of Job way back in undergrad and I do not remember this part of it actually but the detail of creation and the imagery of the various animals and the other chapters they're all in the last five chapters of Job which is honestly the best part What people mainly think of when they think of Job is they think of this man that was blameless and upright. Things then escalated pretty quickly with a series of unfortunate events. And then for the next 37 chapters, Job had many heartbreaking monologues and his friends gave him some not great advice. At least that's what I remember from taking that class a decade ago. And even if you don't have the desire to read the whole book of Job, I highly encourage you to read those last five chapters. It's powerful stuff. Not that you need any more reason to be in awe of God and all that God has created in the cosmos, but still, it's a pretty good read, and I would recommend it. So raise your hand if you enjoy nature, if you just like looking at it, I love nature, it's easy to love, right? When people say, I'm not an outdoorsy person, I don't even know what that means. Like you're saying you don't love beauty and you don't love joy, is that what you're saying when you say, I'm not an outdoorsy person? There was a popular hashtag a few years ago, uh, and I used it a bit ironically to kind of make fun of it, hashtag God paints. Um, But when the view is so good of the sunsets over the water or a gorgeous mountain range, like, hello, we are blessed to have the mountain right here somewhere. I don't know the direction. That we get to see most days. And I'm kind of thinking, wow, God really does paint. God's work is breathtaking. And we heard a little bit of God's speech on how incredible God's creation is. God's like, yeah, I paint. Don't forget it. God's speech begins with showing up in a whirlwind and demanding to know, who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Because God is not too happy with Job's friends. They think they're being helpful, but they're really not. And Job, and God is thinking that Job should know a little better. So God tells Job to pull himself together. And I would add to that because it's about to go down. And we see God getting pretty sassy, and rightfully so. And God goes into this detailed imagery of the divine's masterpiece. In a way, obviously, one would know if they were the creator. Not an observer, or a great fan, or a highly proclaimed scholar, or an invested admirer, but the creator. God being the divine mother, giving birth to the waters that overflow with life, like wrapping the earth with darkness. Only something this divine could know creation this intimately. And that's what creation is, right? It's birthing something. God gives birth to creation and the loving care she extends to all creatures. In our text, the divine takes us on a whirlwind tour of creation. Raising the questions, who came up with the measurements and the blueprints? And all while drawing our attention to the wonders and the mysteries that abound in nature that extends beyond our understanding. But God's response to Job is not the one he's looking for. It wasn't helping Job figure out at all why these bad things are happening to him job and his friends understanding of life seems to be this formula base they've been operating on this belief system that good things get good behavior gets rewarded and bad behavior gets punished and job's friends are convinced that job is being punished for some sin he committed and job pleads and swears i didn't do anything wrong Job wants the answer to the problem of evil, the classic question of why bad things happen to good people. And I wonder what Job's face would have looked like in that interaction with God, going on and on about creation. Like Job's probably like, that's, that's great. God, I'm happy for you and your creation, but can we get back to me and, and my suffering? Wouldn't that be nice for God to give him some point-blank answer? Really the answer to pain and suffering. That would have made all of our lives a little easier for us to know the answer ourselves. And the reality is that we are not too different from Job. It's a human desire, really. We want a simple formula that we can follow so we can keep bad things from happening to those that we love and ourselves. We so desperately want that control. And I'm sorry I'm not here to stand before you and give you some nicely packaged gift with the answers of these formulas because those don't exist. So instead of continuing to focus on how to prevent suffering, which we wouldn't be very successful doing, perhaps we should be entering the suffering with those who suffer and participate as we are able, entering to the mystery and looking around for God in it. God is present in our pain, in the beauty, in the ashes, in the nature, and God never abandons God's beloved creation which is you and me and the animals and the mountains and the stars and the waves and it's everything. And we are participants in this awesome wonder. We are called to care for our planet and all living things. And when those we love are suffering, we probably shouldn't be like Job's friends and say, well, what did you do to deserve this? but rather hold them close and join them in protest and prayer. Also, just because this text calls our attention to the vastness of creation and the complex mystery of it all, it does not belittle Job's pain. It doesn't make it any less significant. What it does do is it allows us to know our pain is held and the vast greatness of God's love. Love that is stretched out to all life, including barking dogs, all creation and all people in the universe. Our God holds us beyond the limits of our own understanding, beyond the span of the days of earth, and much beyond our own awareness of being held. And one of the many things we are gifted with in this beauty of God's creation, it has the power to soothe our spirit and transform the messiness of our lives into things of beauty. Creation and our lives are both messy and beautiful things that remind us of God's enduring love and grace. The creator of the universe, the one that knows all creation so intimately is the same creator that knows you and your story and loves you beyond your pain. Amen.